Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am here today with a guy that is at the top of his game when it comes to social media, but so much more than that. It is the wonderful Kieran Kevin. Nice, nice to have you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm very privileged to be on your show. It's my first ever podcast interview as well. So I'm excited to uh, crack on and see what it brings. Oh, I'm so chuffed when you agreed to do it. Honestly, it was like, I was like, yes, I've bagged Kieran Kevin. <laughs> Yay. Oh, no, best guest, right? Best guest. I was flattered as well. So thank you very much for having me on. Oh, no, it's brilliant. Now, what I love about your background is because you've done so much in social media. So I think that's going to be massively helpful. We're going to talk about all of that but you've also got such a varied other side to your kind of business life and your personal life as well which we're going to talk about too so uh... yeah there's a few I've done a few things done a few things <laughs> just a few things been around the block <laughs> is what, we're, what we've been saying exactly exactly so why don't you just jump in and give us a quick canter through so we can get to know the real Kieran Kevin Okay, cool. So let's start from the top. So I'm head of brand for Rob Moore and the Disruptive Entrepreneur. So that's my main gig as such. So my main role within that is to grow, scale, develop social media channels, monetize the brand and focus on PR and relationships with um, external companies and people that we have relationships with. Um, and then aside from that, what I do outside is I have a heavy uh, health and fitness background and I have a successful health and fitness online coaching company, KieranKevinCoaching.com, cheeky plug. <laughs> if anyone's interested, where I help people to overcome things that they never thought possible, like dropping a certain amount of weight, looking a certain way. Um, but the biggest thing for me within my health and coaching company is the change in mindset as well as physical appearance. So it all links in, it all ties in. And then I have a few other varied things. I don't know if you want to touch on the TV stuff. I feel like you maybe you do. You know, you've just dropped it in there. Yeah. Cheeky little drop about the TV. Tell us about the TV stardom that you have. Okay, that's cool. I like the TV stardom. Do you know <laughs> what? Like. It, it plays in because when I get on the phone to like online coaching clients, it's one of the first things they say to me. They're like, do you mind if I ask, did, were, you on, were you on first date? <laughs> Were you on first date? I'm like, yeah, I did do first dates. So I did first dates in 2019, the Christmas special, which was uh, was really good. And do you know what? From a social media point of view, it did me the world of good for like social proof, bit of media exposure, gained like up to nearly 10,000 followers from that show because it was shown on Christmas Day. So a big view in. Um, and it was a great experience. I've never really been on camera before like that. And then I have done something more freak um, recently with MTV, which was X in the City, which I'm less proud of. I'm not going to lie, but it was a bit more scripted, a bit more um, fake reality is what I would call that. 
Yeah, God. So, so actually, we've got the social media with a disruptive entrepreneur. Yeah. We've got the Kieran Kevin uh, online health and fitness coaching business. That's the one. We've got the TV um, appearances. That's it. And we've got the background in bodybuilding as well. I was, I did indeed do that. So I'll <laughs> touch on that just so everybody knows. So back in 2017, I was men's physique world champion, which I won my title in Boston in the USA which took me six years to get, I believe. Wow. So it was a long, uh, long journey to get that. So when did you start with the bodybuilding then? You must have been pretty young. I was, yeah. I actually, um, it's a funny story because I, I was always into sport and fitness and, and loved it. But the irony is I failed physical education at GCC level. Like I literally got an E, which I was devastated with because the practical is a lot different to the exam. I was never very good at exams. But the irony of that is I then went on to be a personal trainer for six years after that while um, getting ready to like compete in shows. But I went to a gym one day just randomly with my friend and started training there and really enjoyed it. Kept going. The owner was like, you've got really good potential to compete. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Then let's do this. And I did my first show at 19 and then it got progressively better and better. Mm. And I just worked my way up through the rankings. And then I got to like a British level and then I won the British and the international in the same year, went to America, got absolutely nowhere, got blown out of the water and was devastated, came back took like a, what you want to say, like a long look in the mirror, had like that chat with yourself and the people around you who support you and then thought, no, I'm going to give it everything. I'll go full time on this now and see what I can do. Went through everything again, qualified, won the British, won the international, went to America again, second time lucky and we did it. Wow. We did it. So so it's interesting. We, we are going to get into all the social media and all of that stuff. But as we, you're talking about this, I think it's really fascinating because there's a couple of things that as you were talking is going through my mind. Yeah. So one, the failing the exam, well, failing the exam, but not getting a great a great grade in the yeah. exam about a topic that you were really passionate about. So yeah. Was that was there an element of your drive to move forward almost to kind of not say stick two fingers up to, you know, that formal education side of things, but to actually prove to yourself that you could succeed in that world, do you think? Yeah, like I would say I was I was gutted by that. And when I went on to further education, I was in college at the age of like 16, I actually took business. And it's for the most bizarre reason. I was like, I just want to wear a suit. I'd love to wear a suit, like go to, to work in a suit. After three days, they asked us to write a 3,000 word essay. I stood up and walked out of the class. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. And the teacher came after me like, Kieran, you've got to do something. You've got to study something. They're like, we've got places left on. Um, it was like public services or sport. And I was like, well, I like sport. I'll do sport. And that is what then got me further into that and further into that realm and then brought it back for me. So it was weird to go from failing at GCC level to attempting to do something business orientated, to being pulled back into the physical education world and then passing with flying colours. So yeah. it could have been the educational system. It could have been my attitude at the time because I probably wasn't the best in school, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but it was a multitude of things. But you know what? That I think the thing is, uh, there's, a, there's a path for everything. 
everyone, isn't there? And yes. there's a path to, to find your true purpose, to really follow a passion, you know, and I mean, you both, well, you definitely know Rob very, very well because you work you work for Rob. I do. Um, and I know Rob very well because he's my mentor as well. But, you know, Rob often talks about if you can find something where you merge your passion with your profession, yes. then actually that's where the magic can really happen. And that's obviously what played out for you um, in the bodybuilding side of things and fitness. Absolutely, because then you're not afraid to put the work in because mm. you'll you'll go above and beyond because you know if you go above and beyond that's what you, you just leave we used to say leave no stone unturned if you do absolutely everything to your ability and you lose you will never feel guilty about that loss mm. because you know in your head i got up and did that 4am cardio i ate them seven meals that day i worked out for two hours or xyz so that's yeah. the thing we did, definitely. Yeah, leave nothing in the tank. Go exactly. All go all out, give it everything. Yeah, As yeah. long as you gave it everything, then you can be true to yourself. You're happy if you want or you're lost. But obviously yeah. you want to win. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, but that high performance in sports translates through to business, right, as well, because a lot of the people listening to the podcast, they'll, they'll be into business. But yeah. I think also, you know, the mindset having a winning mentality, really going all out and to, to win um, is the same in sport as it is in business in lots of ways. Definitely. And the ability to take like rejection is a big thing, I would say. And a big thing within business and taking failures is just a, I don't know, like a knock. It's nothing. It's a speed bump. It's the next thing. Go to the next thing because you can't just continuously win. Like you learn from your losses and your failures and you build on that foundation. And you just get stronger and stronger and better and better. And yeah. you scale and go and go and go. Yeah, I mean, I often say, you know, that there's a yin to every yang. You know, you, you, you can't have the highs without the lows. You can't have the, you know, was it no pain, no gain? No right? pain, no gain. Which uh, is obviously from a sports, from a sort of fitness perspective. But that's so true. Um, and I think so, so often people... They they just they don't accept the rejection or the lows too too well. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's where you build the strength. Absolutely, and that's where you build like resilience. Mm. So when like with my online coaching company, I've launched that three times. It's failed twice, and it necessarily didn't fail. I just got incredibly overwhelmed because I didn't have systems in place. Everything was manual. I was working like a million jobs at once. It was getting way too much. And then I'd be like, run myself down into like a nervous breakdown almost. And then just have to like knock it on the head, get everyone to where they need to be. But then be like, that's it. I'm not taking anyone else on. And it was like a continuous cycle like that until I found like system and processes. So you never really gave up. It's just a work in progress. Yeah. And listening and learning from others because you want to do everything yourself and then realizing well, maybe if I don't do everything myself, it will be, it will work better. But that's really hard, especially coming from like a competitive background to let go of that control because you're like, oh, that's like my baby. That's yeah. my baby. I want to do it. Yeah, no, you're so right. I mean, lots of people that entrepreneurs in particular, it's a bit of a curse of an entrepreneur. Sometimes you can end up in a place where you become the blocker to the business. And yeah. You do have to put those systems play, systems and processes, get good people into the business so you can kind of step away yes. a little bit and actually be able to work on your business, not in your business. 
I 100% agree because 70% of something is better than 100% of nothing. So if you need to give up some of that revenue, then that's absolutely fine. Look at the bigger picture. And so we ages to learn that and to realize that. So just being greedy, I guess, at the same time, being yeah, very yeah. greedy. Yeah, save a pound and then save a pound over here and then you're missing out on, you know, millions and over here. That's <laughs> it. I'm still looking for their millions. but <laughs> I have no doubt you were going to get them. Um, but let's talk about the transition out of the bodybuilding yep. because you, you, you're you not doing the bodybuilding now, are you? No. So what was behind the decision to, to stop and to move into what you're doing now? What was the catalyst? Okay, cool. So ha- unfortunately had a really debilitating injury in 2018. I'll brush on it quickly. Mm-hmm. I came back off tour from my sponsors who um, was like my full-time job. So I sponsored athlete. We'd just come back from Dubai, super glamorous. Woo! Went over there, did some stuff, uh, did like load of expos, came back, had a week off over Christmas, came back 1st of January to train, did a deadlift, and then it just went wrong. It didn't go right for my body. I have a bulge disc L5-S1 with an associated annular tear, nerve contact, but no compression. And like the reason I can memorize that and recite that off is because I had to tell so many doctors and specialists what that is over and over again mm. to be able to like overcome it. It was just another obstacle to overcome, but that's probably another story for another time. But it we're good now, we're better now. And the reason I got into social media marketing and working that angle was from building up my own personal brand through bodybuilding, through going to these shows, through going to these events, through doing the public speaking, um, competing and understanding also like affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. Because when you work for like a brand, let's just say I was sponsored by Nike. It wasn't Nike, but let's just say Nike for the sake of it. And they see you wearing the clothes, using the supplements, everything like that. And you understand like referral codes and you see how that works, that grows. And then I I got that and I understood that. And we would always do data collection at these expos. And I was like, why are we always going after emails? It sounds like I sound stupid to myself now, but at the time I just didn't get it. I was like, why are we after all these emails? Um, But it's email marketing. It's one of the best ways to get into people's inboxes. Mm. And then from that, and having that understanding and doing like a little bit of graphic design for different companies like freelance, I was like, I love this. I'm good at this. I want to do more of this because it's exciting. You get a buzz. It's like sales almost, but in a marketing perspective. And that's where I was like, I need to do this full time. And I started doing it for freelance. I opened a few ladies' salons was a thing I was doing before I came to Rob. Um, we did like all the graphic design, the launch plan, the openings, um, a lot of email marketing, a lot of social media marketing and how we could like generate leads and customers, a lot of social proofing. And after me doing that for a year or two is when I actually just saw like a job description online. I was like, that sounds interesting applied next minute in front of Rob Moore and here I am today two years later wow wow and and obviously what you're what you're managing in for, for Rob in terms of the brand you know, disruptive yeah. entrepreneur um, being probably the one that's most associated with Rob's personal brand yes. as well is pretty big isn't it T- talk about the scale of, of the following and the reach and all of that stuff so that people have a sense of, of that Absolutely. It's a massive brand now. Um, When I first joined Progressive two years ago, I wasn't um, that much involved in Rob's brand because it's grown so much in two years Mm -hmm. that now it needs its own dedicated team. So, for instance, we have well over a million followers on social media. We reach over 
easily over two to five million people every month through our social media and podcast downloads um, because you've got to look at reach, got to look at how many people you've hit through the database, everything like that. And that's just growing and growing and growing. So for example, we used to go from growing uh, around 1500 followers a week and now we're at 7,000 and that's in a year. So like to have that exponential growth shows the reach we're getting and it's word of mouth. We're not just pouring money into this. It's like people want to follow the brand, they see value and it's big we have um on average anything between 200 to like 300,000 podcast downloads a month um we have some really big sponsors we've done huge collaborations with facebook we were done the uk first with facebook we've paid online events we did beta and alpha testing for facebook um we were the first ones to have to support a program within the uk we're one of the top five in the whole world for subscribers on facebook um yeah so we We've done some really phenomenal things in a short period of time. Quite a lot going on there then on yeah, social media. Biz, busy, really. Busy. <laughs> Just a bit. Need a few energy drinks to get me through the day. So that two-year journey then from way when you came in, um, obviously, you know, you've played a massive key role in that, um, along with the team and growing the team. So for anyone listening that's thinking about, you know, they want to grow on social media. Yeah. What are the what are the big the big game changes that have, that you put into place for over that two year period that's really you know shifted the dial? Okay, cool. So I would definitely say it's like to dial down on like your top three social media platforms and focus on those top three. Like you can spread yourself thin and wide. I believe being on everything is great, but focus on those three. So what's your top three media outputs that you're brilliant at as well and you enjoy doing? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it becomes a bit of a slog if you don't enjoy doing it. So where do we see the best return? What are we going to focus on? What gives us the biggest reach? And then understanding your audience and how to cater for them and then building and capitalizing on that. So we've done a million and one case studies. We've done a million and one um, like split tests. And then we found what works perfectly. So what should people really focus on? Three top social media platforms they love and enjoy and that their personality can come across in. So if you love talking and you love giving people advice and having conversation, podcast and clubhouse can be brilliant for you. If you're a very visual person that likes to demonstrate what you do, be out and about talking and given a really visual representation, YouTube, Instagram. If you like doing short, sharp, snappy ADHD content is what I like to refer to it. TikTok, fabulous short form content where people, TikTok actually has the biggest retention time out of any social media platform. And that sounds insane because they're only 15 second long videos, but it's 15 seconds, on to the next 15 seconds, on to the next 15 seconds, and people lose hours of their life on that platform wow. because of that. It's addictive. Yeah. So the best advice you could do is to, or to give, dial down on three, and let your personality will reflect the best social media platform. And you just need to find out what you're brilliant at and then capitalize on that. 
Okay, no, that's great advice. And and for people that are maybe, I don't know, they're they're a bit nervous about putting themselves out on social media. They're worried about the judgment and yeah. what people are gonna are gonna say, or they feel maybe they're not so confident. Um, what would you advise someone that's maybe a solopreneur? Is probably the best type of yeah. of, of example here. To they know that social media is a good thing and they need to embrace it and get out there, but they've got a real blocker and they're just they're just stuck. Yeah, I totally get that. Like, it's scary. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, I got to be on camera. I got to talk to my, my story on my phone. I look, I look crazy. Yeah. Like, and it is a very difficult thing to overcome to start with. But it's starting off small. It's and you got to remember, like, whatever you do to start with is only ever going to be seen by a couple of people. And everyone starts with zero followers, zero fans, and zero customers. Everybody starts like that. Whoever you aspire to be, like, they started with probably nothing. <laughs> in the business they've built. So you just need to find what you're brilliant at and just go with it, test it. Start off with a small group of people. Start with a test on Instagram to see if it goes well. You don't always have to be the face of that of the brand. You can be a brand, like Progressive Property is a brand. It doesn't have a face to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a disruptive entrepreneur is Rob and it's his face. So if you're working behind the brand, think about your brand message and try and put that through your um, social media. If it's your personal brand, then yeah, it is going to have to come from you. But start with things you're comfortable with, maybe quote posts, maybe um, short audio posts if you don't want to be on camera just yet. And then work your way up to it. Like if a story on Instagram can be a pre-recorded story. It doesn't have to be a live. You don't have to go live immediately to all of your followers. And if you get it wrong, you can delete and do it again. Mm. And just go for it. And I would say you'll be so surprised of the love and respect you get from people than the trolling and hate. I think it's the media that makes out the troll and hate is a massive thing. But that's because it's human nature to look at the negative rather than the positive and you'll have 200 positive comments and three negative you'll look at them three negative mm. i guarantee it <laughs> and that's so why we all do that it's like imperfections in the mirror there's so much like beauty in that and you see so there's so many things that are perfect but you'll look at that one spot <laughs> do you get what i mean you're looking at my spot <laughs> <laughs> but exactly that and and that's what people i think do on social media is mm. just remember it's really important. Deliver a positive and great message. Be true to yourself. And whatever anyone has to say, will never, it'll be like water off a duck's back to you. Yeah. Because you know, just stay true to you. And you know the message you're delivering is honest. Mm. And what about the balance between sort of providing good content that's that's helpful for people versus content that it essentially drives a lead or a sale or you know a call to action? How, how do because I think a lot of people probably get that wrong or don't quite know what the right balance is. Yeah, I think this is an important ratio to have. I think we run off like a four to one, mm. so or a three to one, I should say. So we normally do three pieces of value content to one sale. Um, or one that we're going to try and like push traffic to opt into something or give us a lead or um, get them to register for a webinar or something like that. So three pieces of value content um, followed by one sales content is what we usually do because that's a good balance. Mm. And you have to do this from the very beginning because you need your audience to understand they're going to be sold to and not be offended that they're being sold to. It's almost like um, when an influencer, for example, 
starts to sell on their social media and endorse products and people get offended by it because they've never done it before mm. and they lose the followers and they lose traction and then they're like, what's going on? What's going on? They have this big panic moment. And that's why you need to seed it in from the very start. And I think that's something that Rob's done brilliantly and while growing his social media channels is that people know Rob is going to try and get you to do something. He's going to get you on a webinar. He's trying to get you in like the email database. He's going to get you in some way. But you respect him for that and you expect that now. Mm. And you get a lot of value at the same time. So it's good to have a good mix. Try and do three value, one sale. That's brilliant, actually. You're right, because, you know, if all of a sudden it, it, you, you've done, you followed one path and then then you start hard selling, everyone's going, what the hell's going on here? Hang on a minute. You know, this doesn't feel uh, feel congruent with, with what they're used to. Exactly that. Yeah, really good advice, that. And and in terms of Instagram, you, you mentioned about Instagram. Yeah. And I know that for your online coaching business, yeah. you've you've pretty much only used Instagram for that. That's, that's the fundamental, isn't it, of your marketing for that business? It is like my only funnel. It, and I say that almost like with remorse because I want to expand it. But where I am right now, it just works so well because it's so visual. What I think of Instagram is, is like if somebody lands on my Instagram, are they going to follow me? Because it needs to be like a landing page. It needs to be really clean cut, clean cut, clean cut, <laughs> if I can speak, clean cut and precise. So in your bio, really simple. Mine just says helping people achieve um, their goals in fitness and lifestyle since 2012 so you understand um next thing a little accolade world champion 2017 bit of credibility there mm. then it'll be like testimonials and like a bottom very bottom one will be like online coaching inquiries um the little little button super simple mm. and then you've got value posts educational posts sales posts as we were saying quality content that would make people want to follow you so instagram yeah has been a great funnel for me it's good because fitness is very visual if you have a before and after it sells very well um like all before and afters do but a visual loss of 10 kilos looks phenomenal for somebody and it just works very well it's very viral content for a platform like instagram Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I must admit, Instagram is the area where I, you know, I'm now starting to try and get into Instagram more. Yeah. And it is quite different. And I've not, I'm not sure I've found quite the right formula yet, but I'm definitely, you know, trialing some stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the way to go, isn't it? To, and in particular with Clubhouse as well, as well, because Clubhouse and the link to Instagram, has that changed Instagram, do you think, since Clubhouse has been kind of going crazy in the last few months? I think it's definitely um, given like Instagram a leg up. It's given it a new lease of life, mm. definitely. Um, you're starting to see a lot more organic reach on Instagram. So, for instance, Rob's Instagram was at about 36K when he joined um, Clubhouse. He's now on 78K. Mm. So, that's a huge amount of growth. Mm. Um, I know Rob's following on Clubhouse is like 240,000, but to get that trickle through of following is immense. Mm. Um, and that's where we can then start a conversation with somebody that's where we can get someone to direct message them and then have like an auto chat responder give them a link where they can register and we can capture their leads so there's a world of opportunity out there mm. it's just making sure you're doing it the right way i think that's where people get frustrated and lost with social media is they're like okay i've got this platform now what 
Mm. And it's like you said, it's finding your own voice, finding what works for you. And eventually, sometimes you stumble on it. Sometimes it just happens. And sometimes it just takes um, consistency, like Joe Wicks. Mm. Joe Wicks uploaded a YouTube video every day for like three years before he even got above like 300 views. So, and now he's like a global sensation. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I never knew those stats. That's amazing. Yeah, it took yeah. him a long time to get noticed. Well, this is it, you see, because about success, people only ever either see the success at the end of it or they see what's perceived as failure. Yes. What they don't see is if you've if you've failed, they don't see all the positive things in the journey along the way. And equally, if you're successful externally, people don't see all the trials and tribulations that yeah. go on and that, that route to that success. Absolutely. People think it's an overnight success, but like Rob always says, there's no such thing as an overnight yeah. success nobody has ever had that it's a long journey for whatever you're doing and so with social media would you say it is a long journey you know there isn't a silver bullet you know that you do have to persevere with it or are there any quick wins i think you could there is a few quick wins you could do i think trying to cross promote through different media channels paid pr um if you get on telly brilliant that's gonna work for you huge audience um, and doing things like that but also running things alongside like charitable events like me and Rich Hawkins last year did an ice bath challenge where we had like I was horrendous <laughs> like sat in the ice bath for like half an hour and we live streamed it and I we raised a, like, quite a bit of money for a young boy with a heart condition um, and it's, it just shows like there's a caring side to the brand you're doing it for a reason um, and it's like it just is really good social proof so you, and that helps because you get public um, publicized through like just giving you get this in the paper mm. and it adds like a, a bit of goodwill mm. to everything you're doing at the same time mm-hmm. instead of just being like me 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 yeah yeah absolutely I could never imagine you being me 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 I know right God, it's wow, so that, different so bizarre you said that I mean <laughs> you being a TV star and all I'm surprised you're even talking to me today <laughs> well you know found the time <laughs> you, know, you, you know he's doing me a favour right um, so no this is brilliant and just in terms of sort of your earlier career yeah how has that helped you in social media because when we were talking earlier before we started recording you were explaining that you know you, you didn't you didn't get educated specifically in social media. I haven't got a degree in it, but right. actually you're there driving one of the biggest brands, having had massive success even in that two-year period alone. Yeah. So it is open to everyone to be able to learn this stuff yeah. without having to formally know it and to make a big impact. But do you think that your earlier kind of um, career in fitness and in bodybuilding, has that helped you in your social media? I would say 100% yes. Um, I would say I originally worked in gym sales as in signing people up for gym sales. So working in a sales environment was really good as a confidence builder and understanding how to talk to people. Um, Being a personal trainer, again, great. You talk to people every day of every app every day and it makes you a little bit more confident. And then going from the bodybuilding thing where you're on stage basically in your knickers <laughs> it kind of gives you that like well I've been in my knickers on the stage in front of a thousand people so if I'm fully clothed I'm going to chat on Instagram with myself it's probably not that scary and that's what I always say to people like when Rob's like oh you're alright on stage I was like well I used to do my pants so to be fair now it's not that bad <laughs> I've got an image 
image in my mind that really is wrong. I have to tell it. I have to tell it. Yeah. Um, but you're yeah. right. You know, how bad could it be? You know, that's what you were saying earlier. Just, just give yeah. it a go. Put yourself out there. The worst thing is, if you don't like it, delete it. Exactly. What's the worst that can happen? And um, I could give an example of that when I got a bit of hate on social once uh, when I did that. If anybody ever wants to watch that first date episode, feel free. Um, <laughs> I had very skinny trousers on and there's loads of clips of it on YouTube and I didn't find it. My mum found it and there was this one thread where it was just like over and over again, like, what is he wearing? What are those trousers? He's got women. Did he borrow them off his mum? Like loads and loads and loads. Like not that nasty, but enough for you to take notice of it. And my mum was like trying to comment back to all of them <laughs> on YouTube. Like you talked about something like that all day. <laughs> but it's just, you just take it on the chin. Like you don't know these people and they don't know you. It's like when you watch television and you make a comment to like your partner, then it's exactly the same thing. Mm. But they just made a physical comment. They have no, they're not trying to hurt you. They're just making the comment and putting it out there. And if there is, you know, some particularly nastiness or trolling or whatever, or not, you know, real kind of more vicious stuff, it's it's yeah. always about what's going on in their life, not, not you actually. And uh, yeah, you know, so I think you have to put that in perspective, don't you? Absolutely. They're fighting their own demons, but they're just pushing them on you, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. No, absolutely. So, so when it comes to sort of what's next in terms of social media and for disruptive, obviously to be confidentiality around, you know, certain things, but yeah. what do you think are the next sort of waves to catch when it comes to social media that you might be taking advantage of in particular for disruptive as well? Cool. So what's big? In yeah. the next, what's next? I'm big what's, in the social media hot? world. <laughs> what's hot right now? One thousand percent influencer marketing, mm. really big in the industry. Re- and micro influencers. When I say micro, I mean we're working with people with a an eighty thousand following or less. I say that's micro. It's quite big actually, but like it's a smaller following than millions. Mm. And the reason being is because they have a more interactive following. Feel people feel more personable. Like they can actually chat to these people. Because if you message somebody who has like Grant Cardone is like five million, you just think I'm never going to get a reply. But if I message someone with thirty thousand, I think I'm probably going to get a reply. So influencer marketing is massive right now. There's a really interesting study saying like there's up to like 70% of people's marketing budget being pushed into influencer marketing. We've just hired somebody for a full-time role as an influencer marketer who will get hold of influencers and we'll run marketing campaigns simultaneously alongside our database and social channels. So that's the one thing I would say to look at is start to work with like an influencer and build up a long-term collaboration if you can or a long-term yeah. partnership. Second thing is short-form video. It's the biggest thing right now. Everyone's doing a copycat of each other. TikTok started it and they've had phenomenal success. Instagram took on Instagram Reels, the copycat of TikTok. And now Facebook, I know they're owned by Instagram because we talked directly with our Facebook manager, is telling us to make short form 15 second videos. And it's all about how can you get somebody to watch after three seconds? How can you keep their uh, attention for the next 10? And how can you close them after 15? And it's really tricky. But it's short form and that's what people want. And then the third thing I would say, so you've got influencer marketing, short form video, and the hottest like next thing in the world of social media for me, I would say like, is, is still gonna be TikTok over the next year. Okay. Definitely. It's still seeing phenomenal growth. It was one of the top three downloaded apps of last year. Um, 
and they're only just unlocking different functions. So functions, sorry. So um, ads, which are really big and have a huge click-through rate for anybody listening who wants to public um, advertise their podcast, their business, um, brand awareness, or anything like that. Massive, and then also. The viral virality virality. I'm gonna get there eventually. Is <laughs> right. massive. Like you, you have the opportunity to go viral so much easier than Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know what's gonna happen next. So I would say influencer marketing definitely. I would hundred percent say TikTok and short form video is where it's all at right now. Brilliant. Okay, that's that's massively helpful. Yeah. And and in terms of Clubhouse. What are your thoughts on Clubhouse? Cool. So Clubhouse is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I would say it can be quite time consuming, but I say the best thing to do is to prep your content and deliver it in the time that you said you're going to deliver it in. I always think when rooms run on for hours and hours, there's no fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Like you can join at any time. Whereas I feel like if you were to say, I'm running a room from five to six and you kill it at six, and people are like, damn, I'll come back next week. If it goes on from five till five <laughs> the next day, people aren't going to come back for it. And they miss out on what was going on for that hour. Because if I join a six-hour room, what's been going on for the first five hours, I have no idea. I'm joining mid-conversation. So personally, I think short and sweet is better than long and just overran yeah yeah no that's that's really interesting because i mean the valuation of of clubhouse is you know four billion dollars which is phenomenal yeah i mean going what that year just over already which is yeah so it'll be interesting to see how the the other social media platforms respond yeah um and and also really how the usage and uh, reach carries on with opening up to android and the functionality etc that's on there Uh I think it would definitely keep growing. I think it's not it's not going away. And also Clubhouse are just investing $5,000 into a month into um, special creators that they see that have, of value on the platform. So they want you to come back and do a show every single week and they're going to pay their creators $5,000, which is it's quite a big lump of cash because um, no other social media platform does that. Yeah. So they're really reinvesting the money they've made into their creators, which is important, and they'll have return custom every single week, which is really important. Fascinating. So it's growing. Yeah. It's definitely on the up. Well, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm on it. Need to do a bit more, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's really fascinating. Thanks for that. Yeah. And so, what's next for you then, Kieran? What's the next phase? Oh, what's what next for me? Look like. Oh, who knows? It's scary. Um, it's difficult because I was doing all these things. Like, oh, do I play with TV a bit more? Do I uh, go back into just focusing on social media and the brand? But I've kind of found a happy medium. Like, I will always work in social media now, a media, because I love it. It's fast paced, it's energetic. You've got to think on your feet, you've got to think on your toes. I love that. So that's not going to go away. I am 100% going to grow, scale, and develop my online coaching business. That's a big focus for me. Now I've got new software as well and a couple of people who work for me on that. Um, and maybe one more TV appearance if possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, um, the last thing I got asked to do and I, and I literally turned down last minute was Married at First Sight. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen it, but it sounds like it's the sort of thing my sister would watch. Yeah, <laughs> one of those, one of those. Um, but I turned it down because my mum was like, you dare get 
married on TV, I'll kill you. Gosh, no, no. <laughs> but no, I think something more serious, um, maybe a bit of presenting or something wow. along those lines. Maybe. What I love about uh, we've been talking about loads of stuff. We've been talking about social media, but actually, you've re- reinvented yourself multiple times, and you're only 27. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, Thank so, you. so I think that's that is absolutely phenomenal, and and also for me, the big standouts are around. Um, bouncing back from from you know knockbacks that you've had, how yeah. you found your purpose in enjoying what you do, and and just really having multiple streams of income as well, as yeah. you've described, which is something which you know we talk about a lot and how important that is. So you know I think you've you've really provided so much inspiration for people listening, um, as well as lots of practical tips as to how they can you know smash it on social media. So that's fantastic. Thank you, I appreciate that. I really hope so as well because anyone can do anything and i firmly believe that like anyone can do anything it doesn't matter what you start with or where you've come from if you want it just go and get it and just stick to it and don't listen to anyone else you know what you want yeah. you know how to get it just keep going keep pushing and you haven't got to be super qualified for the whatever role one of the biggest reasons i ever went for um to go into social media and media was a lady i used to train called joanne ryan and she used to work on like wall street and she was a really high-end um, individual and i said to her i was like how did you ever get into that and she was like i just bullshit my way through the door i was like what and she was like honest to god i just gave them everything they wanted to hear i trusted in my ability 10 years later here i am and she's a multi-millionaire wow and i was like right <laughs> I'm going to go home and write my script I know exactly what to do and I'll be there soon Exactly. and she was a big inspiration for me for moving out and making those moves fantastic so I was going to ask you what your best piece of advice was but I guess that's probably up there is it for you? I would 100% say that like if you believe in your ability go for it mm. and you'll discover it along the way if you're good at something like for instance I didn't know email marketing that well but I took it on and if you're good in marketing, you'll understand it and you'll adapt and you'll overcome and you'll get it quick. And you're like, right now I know how to do this. This isn't even a challenge anymore. This is just like a another thing for me, another tick on the list. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the next thing? And you just develop and grow and just keep pushing forwards. Brilliant. No, I love it. So my final question for you is, what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you, Kieran? Brave, bold and brilliant mean to me. I think it means a few things. I would probably say it means... Like it, it sounds like it's passion. It sounds like there's drive, and it sounds like an all-encompassing way of living. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. Yeah, and I feel like you should always be those things, because if you're not, you'll get left behind, and you'll get it'll be a blur. You'll be just another face in the room. Be out there, stand out, ask the questions, be loud, don't be transparent, be that person that people want to be taught to and are drawn to. And that's what that means for me. Fantastic. Well, you are brave, bold and brilliant, Kim. Thank you very much. Thank you for being on the podcast. You've been fabulous. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I've had a good time. It's been nice. Great. The next next episode to uh, to come down when you're actually a TV star as well. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) To be continued. Exactly. Thank you, Kieran. You've been fab. Awesome. Thank you. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 